0: so much of human existence is defined by the fight between good and evil. But what if they're hard to tell apart, and we can't always even tell which side we're on? Spoilers ahead! After Galadriel spent all season of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, hunting for the Dark Lord Sauron, the finale revealed he was closer than she ever thought. Halbrand, Galadriel's companion who she championed as the rightful king of the Southlands, is in fact Sauron in disguise. Sure, a lot of the internet had been theorizing this all along, and a big part of viewing Rings of Power has been the game of trying to guess which character will turn out to be Sauron. But there are some interesting results of turning our collective image of Sauron from an impersonal, abstractly evil Dark Lord into someone young, charismatic, slyly manipulative, and, yes, hot. The finale also opened with a fake-out, pointing to the stranger, who some thought to be Sauron, but in the end, he shows his true nature. He is not Sauron. He is the other. Kids. I'm good. These reveals underline the biggest takeaway of the story that it can be difficult to tell the light from the dark, but ultimately, everyone has the ability to choose between good or evil. So, how did this all come together, and where did the first season leave us? Things are looking bad for the heroes of Middle-earth. Galadriel's joint expedition with Númenor has failed, and the Southlands has been transformed into the wasteland we now know as Mordor. Celebrimbor, the master elven smith, has been trying to use the mithril found by the dwarves to forge an artifact that will save the elves. The light of the Eldar, our light, is fading. But the mission is failing until Celebrimbor gets some useful crafting tips from a surprising source, Halbrand. Might there? Not be some. to amplify the qualities of Euror." It's during this forging that Galadriel becomes increasingly suspicious of Halbrand, especially after she gathers that he spoke to Celebrimbor of exerting a power "...not of the flesh, but over flesh!" words she's heard before about Sauron's goals. Her research then reveals that Halbrand isn't the heir to the Southlands throne, and when she confronts him, he admits the truth "...I have been awake since before the breaking of the First Silence." after Galadriel rejects Sauron's offer to join him "...I would make you a queen." She still allows Celebrimbor and Elrond to go ahead forging the first of the Rings of Power, as long as they make three rings. With three, there is balance. Setting in motion the events that will lead to the forging of the other Rings of Power, including the One Ring. Meanwhile, a trio of dark mystics track down the stranger and tell him he's Sauron. Tu l'il nuritas, heru Sauron before the ascetic realizes his true identity as an ishtar in your tongue that means wise one or oh wizard." And it looks likely that the stranger is another iconic Lord of the Rings character, Gandalf. So what does this all mean? Have you been blown away by the stunning vistas and dramatic landscapes of Middle-earth and thought, I'd like a piece of that? Look no further than Established Titles, our sponsor for this video. In Scotland, there's an ancient custom that allows landowners to officially refer to themselves as lairds, lords, or ladies. Established Titles grants you that power by allowing you to purchase small plots of Scottish land. You'll get at least one square foot of land on a breathtaking private estate in Eddleston, Scotland, plus an official certificate featuring a unique plot number so you can see the exact location of your land. And yes, you can officially change your name, class up your credit cards, add a little mystery to your dating profile. Who knows how an official title might help you on your journey? They make great last-minute gifts, too. Want to know what's cooler? The first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will be within a few minutes of my plot. Depending on how many of you want to become a lord or lady, we can build our own The Take kingdom! Not only are you claiming your own piece of the landscape, you're also helping preserve our glorious countryside, too. Established Titles plant a tree for every plot ordered, working with One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future to support global reforestation efforts. There's a huge early Black Friday sale right now, and if you use the code THETAKE, you get an additional 10% off. Go to establishedtitles.com slash thetake to get your gifts now and help support the channel. The earlier episodes already plant clues for the revelation that Halbrand is Sauron. The first time we meet him, he reminds us not to trust appearances. Looks can be deceiving. Early on, Halbrand displays a keen interest in the forges of Numenor and the craft that eventually will lead him to create the One Ring. There is not another man on this isle that knows this craft better than I. In fact, his advice to Galadriel perfectly presages Sauron's later strategy in using the One Ring to control the other rings of power. Identify what it is that your opponent most fears is. Give them a means of mustering it, so that you can muster them." When pushed, his fighting ability rivals Elves. He subtly apologizes for killing her brother. I'm sorry to your brother. For all of it." We almost never see him alone or get a true sense of his inner workings, and he directly tells Galadriel "...I am not the hero you seek." Ironically, when Galadriel finds Sauron, he doesn't want to raise the evil that Galadriel foresaw. When he says this to her, "...and I knew, if ever I was to be forgiven, then I had to heal everything." that I had helped ruin." We might assume he's just trying to manipulate her, but J.R.R. Tolkien wrote both in the Silmarillion and in his private letters that Sauron did repent after the war that defeated his master Morgoth. During that period that Galadriel was hunting for Sauron, Sauron was, in a sense, hunting for himself, trying to make amends for his crimes. It's just that, crucially, Sauron's version of healing means imposing order on Middle-earth. In his mind, order essentially is good, and creating order means ruling over Middle-earth. Earth, thus justifying his desire for total power. Together, we can save this mental Earth. Save, Oru. See no difference. The eternal battle between good and evil is at the heart of Tolkien's work, but his writings capture how this showdown is a lot more subtle than it might first seem. From the very beginning, the Rings of Power positions Galadriel at the intersection of light and darkness, and as she tells her brother Finrod in the first episode, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But sometimes the lights shine just as brightly reflected in the water as they do in the sky. It's hard to say which way is up. Which way is down?" By the end of the first season, Gladriel discovers that she's made this very error of looking at things upside down, championing a darkness she mistook for light, and her brother's advice for how to orient oneself comes back into focus. How am I to know which ways to follow? Sometimes we cannot know until we have touched the darkness. The fact that Galadriel is the one who sets Sauron on the path toward becoming the Dark Lord is what makes her arc so tragic. Sauron lives! Because of you! Tolkien's work engages a lot with the tragedy of hubris and how the good fall. Throughout The Lord of the Rings, men, dwarves, and elves struggle to resist the allure of the power of the One Ring, and the most successful heroes are those who display humility. And in The Rings of Power, in classic Tolkien fashion, Galadriel's pride and single-minded quest to vanquish Sauron ends up bringing the evil back, as she actively convinces Halbrand to return to Middle-earth, saves his life, and brings him to the elves. I don't giving up. But you, you believed in me. You pushed me to heights that no one else could have." After her centuries of seeking Sauron, when Galadriel's force of elves abandon her and back home, the elves try to send her to enjoy eternal peace in Valinor, Galadriel still can't let go. And it's her decision to jump off the ship that first leads to her meeting Sauron on a raft in the middle of the sea. Eventually, Galadriel's fiery commitment to her mission can make her as cruel and brutal as her enemies. It would seem I'm not the only elf alive. being transformed by darkness. She's mirrored in both Adar, the leader of the orcs, who's himself an elf on the wrong side of a fine line, and in the young, angry human Theo, whom she tells something she's unfortunately learned from her own mistakes. It darkens the heart to call dark deeds good." While we go into the story knowing that Sauron is evil and Galadriel is good, these two feel often much closer than we'd expect. There's an interesting mirroring happening between light Galadriel and dark Sauron. "...Thank you, for pulling me back." That first. both in their strong kinship and mutual understanding, and in the way they both save each other. No, on the raft you saved me. On the raft, you saved me. Even when Galadriel starts to suspect Halbrand and attempts to pause the forging operation, she inadvertently gives him a crucial idea. Perhaps we've been pushing ourselves too hard? Supposing that's the trouble? Supposing we've been using too much force. Using Halbrand's ideas, Celebrimbor and Eloran first plan to make a crown, but then, instead of concentrating all that power in one object, decide to put it into two smaller ones, rings, that can be shared. After the Sauron reveal, Galadriel still thinks she can help defuse the temptation of total power by instructing the elves to make three rings. We must make three. One will always corrupt. Two will divide. And she insists that the power of the rings must be for the elves. Yeah. Galadriel at last lays down her sword, literally melting the dagger that belonged to her brother to provide the high-quality alloys needed to forge the artifacts that can save her people. But the damage is done. As the mithril drops into the melted metal, it forms the symbol we will eventually come to know as the Eye of Sauron. And we know that her plan to limit the rings only to the elves fails. These are just the first three of the twenty rings of power, which also include nine given to mortal men, seven given to dwarf kings, and Sauron's one ring to rule them all of the three elven rings, Nenya, the Ring of Water, will eventually be worn by Galadriel. Vilya, the Ring of Air, is eventually kept safe by Elrond, while Narya, the Ring of Fire, later passes to Gandalf. And that leads us to the question, who is this stranger? The theme that looks can be deceiving, and good and evil easily mistaken, is also reflected in the way the initially harsh ruler, Muriel, strives to protect her people, and especially in the storyline of the Stranger. He first appears in flames and displays sometimes dangerous uncontrolled powers, yet he's been sent to help Middle-earth. The Stranger is convinced that he is fundamentally evil, but Nori repeatedly tells him she sees good in him and that it's his decision to make. Only you can show what you are. So like Sauron, the Stranger makes a choice about what he wants to be. Tolkien writes that five Istari were sent to Middle-Earth as guiding spirits intended to help people fight against Sauron—Sauron the White, Radagast the Brown, two unnamed Blue Wizards, and of course Gandalf the Grey. But even the Istari have a choice between good and evil. Just as Sauron turned away from the Light, Saruman is corrupted away from his original purpose, while Gandalf chooses to help Frodo and the people of Middle-Earth. Even though the stranger's name isn't explicitly confirmed, toward the end of the finale he delivers one of Gandalf's lines from the Lord of the Rings movies. If you die, Always follow your nose. When in doubt, Eleanor Brandyfoot, always follow your nose. And his friendship with Nori helps establish just why Gandalf takes such a liking to halflings, and why he tends to rely on them during his later adventures. Meanwhile, Galadriel also faces a key choice in the finale when Sauron offers to make her his queen. I alone can see your greatness. I alone can see your light." Sauron tries to prey on Galadriel's proximity to darkness, using Finrod's image to suggest to her that he isn't so bad after all. My task was to ensure peace, but I learned that was Sauron's task as well. He appeals to the palpable bond and cosmic connection between them to tempt Galadriel in what's almost a romantic entreaty. You told me once we were brought together for a purpose. This is it. You bind me to the light. And I bind you to power. But while he does want Galadriel to join him and feels a strong cosmic connection with her, this isn't the same as offering her real love. He's also likely driven by wanting to remove her as a threat, and Galadriel sees through his false promises that she could make him good, understanding his true goal as she used her to help him rule. This sequence sets up her other iconic scene in The Lord of the Rings, where thousands of years later she again refuses temptation, turning down the one ring, and the prospect of becoming a dark queen in her own right. In place of a dark lord, you would have a queen! Not dark, but beautiful and terrible as a Galadriel's misguided belief in Sauron is also a dark mirror of another major theme in Tolkien's work, the importance of forgiveness. Galadriel has such a fundamental belief in forgiveness that she insists, no matter what, Halbrand can still be redeemed for his crimes. Her opinion quickly changes when she learns who he really is. No penance could ever erase the evil you have done. That is not what you believe. Do not tell me what I believe. Here, Sauron credibly challenges 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 Galadriel's commitment to redemption, because if she truly believes anyone can be forgiven, there should be no limit to this. And in the Strangers storyline, Nori is right to see potential goodness in this mysterious man that others fear, so it's difficult to ever know if another will prove worthy of our leaps of faith. Yet ultimately, it's clear that Sauron doesn't deserve or truly want forgiveness. His choice is to pursue power above all. Even the most morally righteous people are not infallible, and pride always goes before a fall. We learn this over and over in The Lord of the Rings, and the Rings of Power illuminates just how tricky it can be to navigate the paths of good and evil, as emotions like pride and even the desire for what we think is justice can blind us to the danger right in front of our faces. Find the light, and the shadow will not find you. Thanks for watching The Take. Make sure to subscribe and let us know what you want The Take on next.